My name is Douglas Barth. I'm the USTC product manager for the DF700, and I'm here today with... I'm Phil Rogers. I am the senior applications engineer here at the USTC for Servomax. We are going to introduce you to the Generation 7 Nanotrace DF700 Analyzer. It's a modern um, analyzer. It's been uh, recently re-engineered, redesigned. Yeah, re-engineered, updated. For the modern uh, LCD and LED manufacturing processes that require ultra trace quality measurement for moisture contaminant and ultra high purity electronic grade gases. Uh, in such a demanding application, users need uh, analysis capable of delivering high accuracy and low ultra low detection limits and, ba and multiple background gases. No matter how demanding the application requirement, you will want a device that reduces uh, preventative maintenance costs, maximizes uptime, and has a long life in the marketplace. We don't believe you should have to compromise, and that's one of the reasons why we are so bullish on the DF700 product. So given that the, the previous generation is going to end its, its production run, Phil, can you tell uh, some of the listeners why this new project has been undertaken? Oh, sure. The DF700 has been around in its current iteration for about 20 years. Now, that's, quite a, that's quite a long run with the same, uh, same basic architecture. The, the circuit board designs are all old, very uh, complicated wiring. Um, you know, so it's essentially an analog analyzer that gets, you know, the signal gets digitized at the end and running out of suppliers for a lot of these old components. So we had to update the electronics and the uh, processing power of the analyzer to, uh, to, to something that's, uh, that's current, that will be serviceable for years to come and get us ready for the next 20 years. So this is a completely digital analyzer. Yes. It is, in fact, completely digital. Wow. Excellent. Yeah, I heard a lot about uh, digitization in the industrial gas side of the business. Great to see that uh, digitization is, is coming to the semiconductor side of the Supermax products. This uh, new generation 7DF700, how is it better positioned for our customers in, in the future? I wouldn't say so much that it's better positioned, but it's certainly positioned well. You know, a modern modern platform. The uh, the uh, signal processing uh, means that we have at our disposal now with a with a digital instrument is is much greater. Uh, this allows us to get a quieter signal out of the analyzer, which will improve will result in improved uh, detection limits, response time, and uh, elimination of events that are not moisture or oxygen related. And so that in itself should make a huge difference to our end users, especially those in the CQC world, the uh, semiconductor manufacturers that are keeping these things running 24-7-365. So you're telling me that all new electronics, new PCB, um, hard drive, uh, operating system, so everything is contemporary within the analyzer for this new digital platform. Have you updated the, uh, the laser cell? Uh, the laser cell itself is uh, essentially unchanged. Harriet uh, cell design uh, doesn't you know you can't uh, you can't you can't really improve on it. It's a simple design that's robust and and durable, and um, so we're, we're using the exact same cell, exact same lasers, exact same mirrors. Uh, but what we're doing is we're uh, uh, getting the signal out of there in a different fashion. That's awesome. So I can understand now how this digital platform with all these new pieces are are coming together to improve uh, the operation of the instrument. 
what will the actual customers see uh, on their their side of the analyzer from uh, from all these new additions that have made in this in this redesign? Yeah, you know, from the outside, the analyzer it looks essentially the same. The screen is much bigger and much brighter, so it's it's easier to read, and more information can be played on the screen and uh, and in a clear and understandable way. Um, you know, you, you can uh, you can you can see what the analyzer is telling you from from across the room, as opposed to having to put your readers on and uh, get in front of the analyzer. Uh, if the unit requires serv- you know service, experience will be will be much better. The uh, sensors can be uh, and all, and all components can be swapped uh, in situ, really, by a, by a competent field service engineer or a, or a competent uh, you know technically savvy end user. Um, it's everything is right there, easy to get to. Calibration will be following the moisture cell instead of being you know, on the hard drive. The, the calibrations on the moisture cell. If you get a 760, the calibrations on the oxygen cell. So all of these things make a much smoother service experience. If, you know, when the inevitable service call comes in, it should be uh, should be easy to uh, to do and uh, make the customer happy. So I, I I know that in some of the complaints for the, the previous generation's uh, field serviceability. So with all these new components, uh, have you designed in some features that will allow the instrument to be serviced in the field? Uh, you know everything is accessible from the from the power supplies that you know, provide power for the CPU and the moisture sensor to the uh, boards that contain the relays, analog outputs, and uh, serial communications. Uh, solid state hard drive is right there, easy easy to access, as is the CPU. And again, getting down to, to the sensors themselves. If if something happens and uh, the unit requires service, a uh, new sensor or um, or sensor swap, you know, for troubleshooting purposes even, which uh, which does happen, it's just a matter of pulling the, uh, putting the sensor into the analyzer. The analyzer will uh, will uh, pull the uh, the uh, circuit board for that sensor. Get all the calibration off of it, and uh, you're you're up and running, right? Just like that. So it's the uh, the the hard drive, the CPU, the PCBs, the display, um, the gas panel. All of those uh, items now can be serviced in the field. Yes. Wow, um, that's a big step forward. That's a the meat of the of the components within the analyzer that service engineers usually touch. That's fantastic. You'd mentioned that the that the Harriet cell has been around for for quite a long time. How long has it been around? And could you tell us a little bit about the Harriet cell? Yeah, the uh, the Harriet cell is is old technology that was uh, invented in 1965 by the, the aptly named Donald Harriet, and it, it consists of two spherical mirrors with an aperture in one of them that allows the light from the laser to enter and exit the Harriet cell. It gives you a very long path length, up to 93 passes, uh, which is about a 50 meter path length. For the, you know, that's essentially what a, what a Harriet cell is: is uh, the spherical mirrors with, with the light bouncing, you know, light from the laser bouncing back and forth between them. So I know that uh, that the the Harriet cells is is where the the actual sample or measurement is taken. Specifically, Servomex uses tunable diode laser absorption spectroscopy inside that Harriet cell. Tell the listeners a little bit about the benefits and features of tunable diode laser. The tunable diode laser is a, is a neat technology. What we're looking at is it's an absorption spectrometer. So we have to know uh, the wavelength at which moisture absorbs light. And in this case, we use uh, 1854 nanometers. We get the laser output tuned to that uh, to that output frequency uh, by adjusting the temperature on the laser. Each laser has its own uh, unique characteristics 
Um, and so the uh, the laser temperature is is unique for each laser. And once we uh, once we get the uh, uh, the moisture peak tuned in, uh, we modulate the current to that laser, which uh, uh, essentially causes that output to uh, uh, scan across the moisture peak. The moisture peak's at 1854. So we go from, say, 1853 and a half to 1854 and a half and one nanometer by modulating the, uh, uh, the current to that laser and affecting the, and slightly affecting the, uh, the output frequency of that laser. So you're, uh, you're scanning across uh, the moisture peak uh, literally thousands of times a second. Uh, so you're getting a lot of information out of there. You know, like I said, it, it is a direct uh, reading spectrometer. And it will compare the CRDS technology, which is also widely used in the semiconductor industry. And the CRDS uh, is a cavity ring down spectroscopy. And what that does is that uh, emits a pulse of light within their sample, within the sample cell. It, it goes between two highly reflective mirror surfaces, and they measure the decay time essentially for the um, for that light to completely uh, uh, decay beyond uh, detectable limits. And that sounds all well and good, but you know, you're measuring time, you're not measuring moisture. And if, if those mirrors become fogged or lose any of their reflectivity, it's going to greatly impact the sensitivity of the device and the, de- and the detection limit of the device. So, wow, that's, uh, that's quite a difference. I mean, they're, they're, the only thing that's basically the same between those two is the, is the laser. They're they're very different after after that light yeah. enters into the chamber. Yeah, they, they use a different frequency than we do as well. They use uh, 1392 uh, nanometers as opposed to ours, which is 1854. But that's a that's a um, uh, that's a minor difference there, really. So you mentioned that we use the 1854 uh, wavelength for our measurement. Um, I picked up on something that you said about being able to 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 know the centroid of of that 1854 wavelength could you tell the listeners a little bit more about that okay well what we do is we have a what we call a reference peak that the uh, that the analyzer uh, uh, utilizes to keep the laser tuned properly the uh, our our sensor is uh, divided into two sections we get the Harriet cell which is where the sample gas is and the lasers and then we have the laser chamber itself which is uh, 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 isolated from the um, now, from the Harriet cell, yeah, it's hermetically sealed and pressurized to keep out, uh, to keep out uh, contamination. And we separate the laser chamber from the Harriet cell with a, um, with a little sapphire window. Uh, there's a small amount of uh, light that reflects off of that window, probably you know, close to you know, 1% or even less of the, of the light from the laser is reflected off that window. Back through, we have a little cuvette of, uh, that contains moisture. Uh, so that that uh, that reflected laser passes through that cuvette to a separate detector. Now there's always moisture in there, and so the the, the reference detector always show a moisture peak. The software of the analyzer is designed to recognize that peak, and it sees that peak if it sees it moving a little bit one way or the other, up or down in wavelength. It will it will adjust the uh, the current being supplied to that laser just a little bit. To ensure that the uh, the the peak stays in the right uh, in the right location, and that thus the uh, laser is uh, tuned to the proper you know output frequency. So if I understand this right, uh, Phil, you're saying that the, the use a secondary detector and a cuvette of moisture and bleed off a little bit of the of the laser, constantly tell the analyzer where the moisture peak is and make sure that it doesn't deviate from that wavelength. That's correct. 
So another piece that I heard you say uh, during your explanation of tunable diode laser absorption spectroscopy was this uh, this moisture peak sweep operation. How does that benefit our customers that the analyzer and our laser technology um, sweeps across the entire peak? The sweeping across the peak, you know, it, it's it, it there's a lot going on there. You know, you you sweep across the peak. You get you're measuring the uh, the brightness of the uh, of the laser, both on peak and off peak, as as you scan as you scan across that uh, that wavelength. The nature of this measurement is is ratio metric. So if you like, unlike the cavity ring down, which you had discussed earlier, if uh, if we lose a little bit of reflectivity due to optical fogging or some or who knows what you know real life sort of things uh, might happen to an instrument in, in an industrial application. Uh, you lose a little bit of reflectivity. It's not a big deal at all. The analyzer compensates for that automatically because the light will uh, will decrease. The intensity of the light will decrease both on peak and off peak by the same percentage. So the ratio at any given moisture concentration between the on peak measurement and the off peak measurement is going to be the same. You know, at any given moisture uh, uh, concentration. So if you lose 10% of your reflectivity, that's you know, both on peak and off peak, and the ratio between the on peak and off peak measurement is going to stay the same. The measurement accuracy is going to stay the same. Um, we had um, some years ago, um, we had an analyzer that lost more than 90% of its reflectivity due to uh, due to contamination. We um, fired that up in our lab and uh, and tested it against our uh, known standards, and it was still reading accurately. Uh, with a with a greater than ninety percent reflectivity, I have to say I was surprised when that happened, but it gave me faith in the in the uh, in the product. Wow, ninety percent loss in an actual uh, intensity of the laser, uh, and still measuring accurately. That that's, that's yeah, it's it's, it's amazing. Pretty, it was astonishing to me, quite honestly. There it was. It worked. So sweeping across the peak, if you if you lose reflectivity or intensity, you could lose intensity from either the the detector and its ability to pick it up, or the the laser source would 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 not this also calibrate out um, yeah. differences in the laser source yeah. and detector and anything that has to do with the intensity of the light, be it. The, uh, the the output of the laser degrading over the years, the uh, the output characteristics of the detector degrading over the years, or the reflectivity of the mirrors being affected by process conditions. All of this, you know, from from an algorithmic standpoint, it it doesn't matter to the algorithm. So there was an interfering gas in with the the background gas, and you went off peak, and it did absorb the laser. That interfering gas would be attenuated and you yeah. would calibrate that out yeah it would just be offset out anyways you're you're looking at you're looking at the center peak you're not looking at at anything off to the side and moisture is rather specific at 1854 so uh in general uh, interfering elements are, are pretty much just offset out of there so interfering elements a difference in the 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 intensity of the source laser source a difference in the ability to detect that source and any kind of contamination on the mirror is instantaneously, tenuously zeroed out of the analyzer. Corrected for, yes. Corrected for. Yeah. Wow, that's 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 that that's amazing. No wonder this technology has been around uh, so long and is used in so many different places, like ultra high purity semiconductor applications, especially gas uh, uh, electronics market, um, LED uh, and display manufacturing. 
thank you so much for for taking your time today, Phil, and uh, and discussing the the amazing capabilities of a tunable diode laser and the new Gen Seven generation DF seven hundred product. Uh, I'd like to to thank you for your time. Yeah, you're entirely welcome. This has uh, been a, a fun thing to do. And I would like to remind all our listeners to uh, visit servermex.com and find out more about the Gen 7 Analyzer online. Thank you.